All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that will teach you how to do exactly that. And now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Authors Unite podcast. Uh, today we got Brian Ahern with us. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Tyler. It's my privilege to be here. Of course, grateful to have you on. So just to kick us off, can you just tell us a little bit more about you and what you do? Sure. Well, I uh, last year I left corporate America after more than thirty years working in the insurance industry. I uh, had been involved with teaching people about psychology and persuasion, very much in the sales process and decided that's what I wanted to do full time. And I'd been working toward that for quite some time. So I had formed my company, Influence People. And when I left, I stepped into that and I do that full time now. Got it. So I'll, I'm going to start with a real big question. So how do you influence people? Well, believe it or not, there's more than seven decades of research into that question where we can come back with, in, in the business world, we'd say best practices but very scientific approach and how to uh, influence people using the decades of psychology that tap into how people typically think and behave and have for millennia. Got it. Okay. So let's say, and I mean, I guess there's a lot of reasons. For instance, I, I think a lot of business owners would want to know this because what they offer can help people, but sometimes the way that maybe the sales call goes it doesn't, you know, the person doesn't end up buying, which is unfortunate because the sale, because the company knows they can help the person. So in a sales call dynamic, which I think is, you know, most prevalent um, for the audience, what, is there like a certain method you use? Well, first I would say this, all of sales is persuasion. That at the end of the day, in fact, it was Brian Tracy, a well-known trainer and author who said, uh, selling is the process of persuading a person that what you're offering is of more value to him or her than the price you're asking, right? So at its core, comes down to that, there's several sections in the sales process. So if you just looked at a high level, there's first building relationship, next is overcoming uncertainty, and then comes closing the sale. And there are actually specific principles of influence for each of those phases of the sales process. As an example, uh, to build rapport or relationship, we talk about the principle of liking. It's much easier for somebody to say yes to you if they know and like you. But the real key there, Tyler, is not that you try to get people to like you, but that you actually come to like the people that you support, the prospective clients that you're talking with, the current clients that you have, and there are very simple things that we can all do to make that happen. So that's, the, that's really the first step in the sales process. Come to like the prospective client or the current client, and then they will probably reciprocate and like you. And then everything begins to get easier from there. Got it. Okay. Well, if we can, just to make it as applicable as possible, what are some of those things that like, we could do? Okay. Well, when it comes to that principle of liking, 
making sure that you connect with that person before you actually sit down to have a conversation with them, if that's possible. And, and it is now through things like Facebook, LinkedIn, and, and other social media platforms. If you can get to know that person and they can get to know you a little bit more and they see your picture, which humanizes you, everything gets easier. So I'll give you an example that I recently spoke at an event here in Columbus, Ohio. And as people registered for that event, I always shot an email back immediately and said, thanks so much for registering for the event. I'm going to reach out to connect with you on LinkedIn because I'm not sure we'll actually have time to talk at the event. We ended up with the highest uh, attendance rate at, at that event because people all of a sudden felt some connection to me. They saw my picture. They read a little about my bio. I personalized a message to them. And it's the same thing in selling. The more you do those little things, the easier it will be for somebody to say, let's take that next step. I'd like to get a quote from you. I'd like to see how your product or service might meet the needs uh, and the challenges that we're facing. Got it. Okay. And then, sorry, what the second and third step again? Well, the second, the second phase in most of the time at a very high level in the sales process is then overcoming uncertainty. So somebody may know you and like you but that's not enough to do business. Are there other customers who are doing business with you? People certainly feel more comfortable when they know that. That's what we call the principle of consensus or social proof. When we look and we read Amazon reviews or we hear that there are lots of other satisfied customers, that starts to give us a sense that maybe this person or this organization is worthy of looking at and potentially getting a competitive bid from. The other thing that they wanna know is, do you know your stuff? Are you an expert? And that's what we call the principle of authority. And so if you've moved from, I like you, wow, you've got a lot of customers who are doing business with you and they seem to be very happy and very satisfied. And oh, by the way, you sound like you really know what you're talking about. You start overcoming some of that uncertainty that somebody may have about whether or not they should do business with you. Got it. And then what was the third one? The third one is then you still have to close the sale. And even though somebody may know, like, and trust you, they may view you as an expert, there's always kind of in the back of our minds a little bit of fear of change. It's not as good as they say. What if, what if it's like last time I made a switch and that didn't work out so well? So it's easier for people to keep doing what they've always done. And to try to overcome that, there's a couple of other principles of influence that we talk about. The first is the principle of consistency. So let me ask you this, Tyler. Have you ever given your word to a friend that you would be somewhere or do something with them and then you had to back uh, yes, out? Yep. How'd you feel when you had to call them and let them know, I can't make it? It's, it sucked. I will say that with a text <laughs> message, it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but even if you text, I mean, and you may actually text because you don't want to have the phone call because you feel bad inside, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> And, and most people feel that way. So the key in the sales process is trying to get someone to commit to you. Don't tell them what they need to do, ask them. Because when they come back and tell you, for example, exactly what it's gonna take for them to make a switch to you and your company, and you provide everything that they said, it's a lot harder to back out of that. So asking the right questions becomes key, but the underlying psychology is this principle of consistency that says most people want to feel consistent in what they say and do because first and foremost, they feel better about themselves. And oh, by the way, then they look better in the eyes of others. So that's, that's one of the principles. 
And the other one is principle of scarcity. I mean, it, it is a, uh, a known fact, in fact, it won the Nobel Prize for a man named Daniel Kahneman, that people are more motivated to take action when they think they'll lose as opposed to gain. So here would be an example. I'm sure some of your listeners are probably in the wealth management business. If you your income and how much longer you say you're gonna work, if we can get you to save just 1% more on your income, by my calculations, you will get an extra 150,000 by the time you retire. Now, you'll be motivated by that. But if I rephrase it and I say, Tyler, income and how much longer you say you're going to work, if we can't find a way for you to save just 1% more, you'll lose about $150,000 out of your retirement by the time you retire. Feels a little different, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, holy cow, well, that's my money. I'm not going to lose my money. It's the same 100 and you talk about it as what someone will lose versus gain. Studies show people are significantly more likely to take action. And so the, all of these things are small, subtle things that people can do along the sales process to make it easier for someone to see the merits of what it is that they're offering. I love it. All right. I've already learned something here. I like it. Um, so now tell us a little bit more about you. Like how, how did you get into this? Cause it's a very, you know, it's an interesting skill set to have. So, so where did it all start? Well, I was involved with sales training with the insurance company that I used to work for. And one day, uh, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago, at least a coworker came and gave a video to my boss and I, and it was Dr. Robert Cialdini presenting at Stanford talking about non-manipulative ways to move people to action. And as I watched the video, the light bulb came on and I thought, holy cow, this explains, this is the, all of the sales psychology. This is all of the underlying psychology of these sales techniques that we teach people. It's why it works. The second thing that really intrigued me was it was all backed up by data, by all the research from social psychology, behavioral economics. And the third thing that I really appreciated was his stance on ethics that you could do this in non-manipulative ways. So I began to use the video as I would go to our different offices around the country. I'd show the video, we'd talk about the concepts. Well, in the meantime, I had signed up for Stanford's marketing and one day one of their marketing flyers comes across my desk and I'm flipping through it and I see Robert Cialdini's picture. And it says in bold letters at the top of the page, bestseller and right underneath it, call it influence, persuasion, or even manipulation. And I thought, I can't believe they actually use that word because he's so clear about non-manipulative ways to get people to do things. So the moral part of me felt like it needed to be addressed. So I emailed Stanford and I basically said this, I don't know anybody who wants to be manipulated. I don't know anybody who wants to be known as a good manipulator. That one word cannot be helping your sales, but it really could be hurting. I never heard from Stanford, but sometime later my phone rang and it was a representative from Robert Cialdini's office. And she said, I'm calling on behalf of Dr. Cialdini to personally thank you. You sent an email to Stanford and because of that, they're changing all the marketing of our video. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And she said, if your company ever needs a guest speaker, he travels around the world. And I said, I sit next to the woman who books our speakers. Would you like to talk to her? And as fate would have it, it was the summer of 2004. He was in Columbus, Ohio a number of times to talk to our insurance agents 
And that's really what got the ball rolling and got me intrigued that I wanted to dive deeper into this. Wow. Okay. That is awesome, man. Um, so, okay. Do you have any, like, that, that was obviously a great story. Do you have any specific stories where you worked with a person or a company and like whatever they were doing before and then and then once you taught them this it like completely transformed the business sure uh, one one great example from the company that i worked with um like most insurance companies if insurance agents um get paid commission and when i came back from an extended christmas break one year i was called into a room with about half a dozen people and the problem that we faced was this in one of our operating states, we had overpaid 150 insurance agents a total of $700,000 in commission for the month. So somebody accidentally hit a button twice and we, we doubled their commission. So our charge was, how can we get this $700,000 back as quickly as possible? <laughs> well, I had done some training for the accounting department the prior summer. And the home office accounting manager was in the room when I did the training and he was part of the team where we were going to figure out how to get this money back. Now, we couldn't electronically pull it out of their accounts. And we ended up having to send a letter from the home office accounting manager to every one of these agents. So imagine, Tyler, that, that you're an insurance agent 500 miles away from this big insurance company headquarters, and you get a letter from the home office accounting manager that says you owe 8,000 or 10,000 or $5,000, please sit down and write us a check as quickly as possible. We knew that it was gonna be a challenge to get that money back quickly. So I defaulted to the training I had done with the accounting department the prior year. And without going into the details of this, I'll just tell you that there are several independent studies that show the use of a yellow sticky note when you send something personalized, if you write a little handwritten note on that sticky note and put it on the letter, that response rates tend to double and people respond sooner. So I told the accounting manager, I, well, I asked him, I said, Steve, if you don't have time to put a sticky note and a personal signing on every one of those 150 letters, call me and I'll come do it. And he said, no, I remember the training and I will do it. Two weeks later, I called him up and I said, how's the collection going? And his exact words, Tyler, were, I'm floored. And I said, why? And he said, we've already gotten money back from 130 of the 150 in full. Now, the optimist in me, I said, you mean we didn't get it all back? <laughs> and he did what you did. He laughed. He said, come on, we're talking about money. He goes, I, I fully expected a lot of them to say, it's your mistake, you fix it, or take it out of next month's commission, or put me on a payment plan. He goes, anything except sit down and write a check in full. He goes, I'm floored. And after two months, we ended up having lunch, and I said, how did the collection end up? He said, we got money back in full from 147 of the 150. And, wow. and here's part of the reason it was so important, Tyler, was in January, insurance companies start calculating agency bonuses if, if they've written enough business and they're profitable. And, and we would pay out tens of millions of dollars. So it was pretty handy to have an extra 700 grand in the bank to pay those bonuses. Yeah, that's, um, that is amazing, man. Cause I, I would assume the, you know, the other way as well, that most people would be like, it's your mistake, but 147 out of 150. Yep. That's, uh, incredible. Um, so 
Okay, so two two more questions that are popping up for me. One is based off of that story, it really seems to me that like your your meaning behind this stuff because it, it's interesting, right? Like half of it, you could look at it as oh, this is manipulative. But then the thing is though is that if you learn persuasion techniques and you're actually producing something good, then it is a good thing. So like, what was your what's your like meaning or purpose behind this? Okay. Um, well, I, my, my meaning and purpose, my, my overarching, to use Simon Sinek's term, my why, is to help people enjoy more professional success and personal happiness. And I believe a way to do that is how you communicate with individuals. When you're in the office, if you can get more people saying yes to you more often, you're probably going to have more success. You're going to probably close more sales, uh, have your team doing what needs to be done to move the ball forward a whole host of reasons that getting more people to say yes at the office is critical for success. But it's also really darn important when you go home, if your spouse, significant other, your kids, your neighbors, if they more willingly say yes to you, if there's less friction there. So that's my overarching goal when I teach this is I want people to have more success in the office and I want them to have more happiness at home. And uh, when it comes then to how we do this ethically, because that question always comes up. First, I usually share the story that I just shared earlier about how important it is to me. I addressed the manipulation with Stanford. But when we talk about how to ethically influence people, there's three things that we focus on. First, is what I'm putting on the table good for you as well as me? It can't just be for me. It can't just be to make the sale. It has to be good for you too. Second, is what I'm saying truthful? I'm not, I'm not, lying by omission or commission. And by that, I mean, like if I were selling my house and I know there's a crack in the basement, I don't put something in front of it and hope they don't ask. I'm honest about it because I also learn through influence that I can sometimes mention my shortcomings and actually turn that into a weakness because I gain credibility as an honest person. So is what I'm doing win-win? Am I being honest? And the third thing, am I using this psychology, these principles in ways that are natural to the situation I find myself in. And here would be an example. Um, down, down south in Florida, you probably don't have this quite as much, but up here in Ohio, you know, you get people all the time who want to sell you roofing, siding, gutters, and all kinds of things like that. And they'll come into your home and they'll do their demonstration. And then they'll say something like this, Tyler, if you sign today, I can save you 15%. But if I have to come back at a later date, I can't offer you that price. Now, what they're, what they're trying to leverage there is scarcity, that you'll feel like, oh, I don't want to lose that 15% discount. But the truth is they're scarce about what they're offering. I mean, if they're going to go knock on doors and they probably don't have a good close ratio, they'd be foolish to not come back if you called them the next day and said, I've thought it over, I'm willing to do it, but only if you give me the 15%. They'll come back. So they're not, they're not uh, using a principle that's truly natural to the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Very interesting. Um, okay, so yeah, that was eye-opening, <laughs> as I knew it would be, <laughs> because um, I remember our last conversation. So um, listen, 
uh, that's really all the questions that I have. I, as I, I'm sure, because I, I know I'm very interested. Where where's the best place for people to connect with you? And do you have any like other trainings on this stuff, or if people want to work with you in it? How sure. Does- sure. Um, first of all, any listener who wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, feel free to do so. Again, it's Brian Ahern. If you don't put a message there like, hey, I heard you on Tyler's podcast, I guarantee I'll send you a message back to say, how'd you find me? I like to know why people are reaching out to connect. Uh, second thing, you can go to my website, which is influencepeople.biz. And on the website, you can hear podcasts I've been a guest on. You can see training videos. Uh, I've been blogging for 10 years. I, I just came out with my first book. Uh, so it actually was released this week. So there's all kinds of resources on the website. Um, A third thing, if any of your listeners are uh, part of LinkedIn Learning, which used to be lynda.com, I've done four courses. Uh, I've got one on persuasive selling. So how do you take the psychology and apply it through the sales process? For those who are listening and they're into coaching, I've got persuasive coaching and also a course on building a culture of coaching. And uh, in September, another course will come out called uh, pers- or Advanced Selling, Persuading Different Personality Styles. So uh, again, they can go to LinkedIn and learn. They can, they can go to my website. They can buy my book. There's, there's all kinds of opportunities. And, and one last thing to the question of workshops. Yes, I, I do workshops for organizations um, where we dive deep into this research. I've got some one-day workshops and I've got some two-day workshops. That's all outlined on the website too. Perfect, man. Thank you again for coming on. You're welcome. My pleasure.